everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt and I'm your host. Hey, today we're talking about the question, how do I change? Now, this is something that a lot of people ask me questions about, uh, especially my coaching clients. And I'm going to talk to you about two different ways of change. So the first way is more traditional. Uh, if you work with any change specialist or you go to school for understanding change theory, which I have, by the way, um, there's one way that they talk about this is how you make a change, right? You find out what the problem is. You find out what you want. You discover what's the gap in between there. You make a plan and you create an accountability system and then you just go and do it, right? And that should work, should, you know, give you what you want. However, the problem is it doesn't work like that every time. And there are forces that are kind of happening uh, behind the scenes that have a ton of influence on the change process. And if you don't know about them and you don't do something to kind of bring them to the forefront, you won't have any guaranteed change. So I'm going to give you some great examples of how this shows up uh, in in the real world. So I'll give you an example of how it showed up with a, an education group that I worked with. And then I'm going to give you a few examples of how this has shown up in my own life, including uh, business, health, and relationships, okay? You might want to take some notes for this one. Uh, definitely take some notes on the questions I'm going to ask you at the end, because you're going to want to sit with those for a little bit and really think about your own thinking, Okay. Awesome. Enjoy. Okay. So if you have not done so already, one thing I would like you to do, actually two things. If you haven't done it already, pause this, go get yourself a really good cup of coffee or an adult beverage or maybe hot tea. Get yourself a good drink to really just enjoy this one. Okay. Uh, I'll leave the link for thumb roast coffee in there. You can check that out. Uh, I've talked about that before, but just, just check it out. See if it's right for you. Um, there's some amazing blends in there that I'm kind of working myself through. Um, so if you want to experiment on that with me, you can try that as well. So get yourself a cup of good coffee and make sure that you have a pen and paper for this one today. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So the title of this is how do I change? All right. So let me just back up and talk a little bit about, uh, the change process. And I'm not going to go into it in detail. FYI, this is really what my PhD work is on, but I'm not going to give you all the science and background on it. Um, if you think about it though, uh, why would you change? Right. Uh, the reason why is because you have a certain circumstance, which we might call X. So this is your present circumstance, right? And you think about it and you're like, oh man, I would really like it to be Y. Okay. I'd like it to be different. So that's Y, X and Y. Well, between X and Y, you have what we call the gap. Okay. The difference between your current reality and what you really want. Okay. This in essence is why we change, right? So, you know, you can have a change in health or wealth or um, career or relationships. And we talk about that a ton on this podcast, right? However, you can also look at it in this way. 
Let's say you were um, given a grant. A local organization I work with was just given a, a grant by um, their funders and, and basically were told, um, go use this in any way that you want and let us know what you did, right? And so now they're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we've got this money. Now what do we turn it into, right? Or maybe you're, you're starting a new project. Uh, I've got a, a coaching client of mine that is uh, an artist. And so she is just getting into this place of um, starting programs where she can basically tutor people on what she does. Totally new than what she's done, done before. So there's a project that leads into a program. Uh, you can also look at, you know, if you're creating a product, Right. So, for example, uh, many of the folks that are in my industry, they're constantly creating products that are going to help people. Right. Or uh, I'm also working with a lot of people in sales. So here's our X number of sales, but we really want Y number of sales. So what are we going to do to get there? OK, pretty simple. Um, X, Y and the gap in the middle. Now, the next step, at least in the traditional format of change is inside that gap, what you would do is you would create a plan, right? So you're just going to logically look at X and Y and say, what do I need to do to get from X to Y? Let's create the plan. And then um, most places, they have some sort of accountability measures on top of that. So, you know, there's maybe some measuring going on or, uh, you know, somebody's in charge of, you know, we're going to create this little accountability group, right? So my artist friend, she's like, oh, I'm a little flighty. So uh, I have a really good plan, but I'm going to, you know, get go in this other accountability group with other artists who are doing similar things and just report back to them what I'm doing, right? Um also, you know, let's say it's, it's a health thing, you know, maybe you're going to Weight Watchers or something. There's always accountability in there, tracking, you know, showing up to meetings, working with a coach, that kind of thing. Now, when you follow this process, it should work out, right? I mean, it makes perfect sense. Very logical, very linear, right? And if it doesn't work, if you don't reach the outcome or goal, then most people, what they do is they look at that plan and they say, oh, it must have been a bad plan. Or they'll blame, let's say, out, outside circumstances, right? So, oh, of course, you know, it's pandemic, um, you know, people aren't going to buy this thing. Um, you know, if it's your health thing, you're like, oh, yes, I, I didn't realize I was going to have this much stress in the pandemic. And, you know, with stress, I do stress eating. And so there, there's the tendency to look at um, the plan and say the plan must have been the failure. Okay. Now, let me tell you what's really going on, because one of the things that I've learned over time is that cause and effect is very different than what we think it is. We tend to think that cause and effect is that linear pattern, right? However, there are many things that are happening outside of our awareness and control that we don't even know about that are affecting our plan. Okay. Let me give you an example because I think it's easier to understand that. So I was working with uh, an education organization and they're a regional where there, there are like five different states. Okay. So it's, it's quite large and they were coming up with a project uh, and basically they were going to, to be given multi-million dollars uh, to put towards this project. 
Um, and it was going to take five, six years to, to really put this project into place. There were tons of moving parts. Uh, I, I think just their leadership team, they might've had, uh, 20 people, right? Um, I think it was, it was four people from, from each of the five States. And then they had advisory groups on top of advisory groups. And there was just a lot going on, right? So they're, they're working through this pro project. Um, you know, so you've got X and Y. So X is like, oh, here's the grant money. Y is, this is what we want to do with it. And everything in the gap is the plan, right? It's just a really big gap. However, you know, they had a great plan logically and they had great accountability. They really did. I mean, they're education organization, so they have to, that's kind of how education is run. Um, nothing gets money unless it's tested. Right. And so, uh, they it was great plan, great accountability, but it completely failed. Why? Well, it comes back to one idea. Belief drives behavior. Okay. Belief drives behavior. If you've seen my stick chick presentation, you'll understand belief drives behavior. Now here's the thing. We tend to think the plan is great, right? However, if you don't have the belief that matches the plan, it doesn't matter what your plan is. It's not going to work. A smaller example would be if you um, are, let's say you're looking to lose weight and maybe you don't know this, but for some reason, somewhere along the past, you collected this thought or idea that, um, you know, maybe you had some trauma in your background. I actually was talking to several people this week about this, had some trauma in your background and somewhere along the line, you had this thought of, if I'm overweight, people won't pay, men won't pay attention to me. Okay. Now, maybe you're not consciously aware of that thought. And so here you are trying to go to Weight Watchers. You've got accountability. You've got a great plan. You're doing your thing, but you keep sabotaging yourself. And you're like, why is this not working? Well, because you have this other belief that's really driving your behavior. The plan doesn't drive your behavior. Accountability doesn't drive your behavior. Okay. If, same thing if you're trying to make money. Let's say you're trying to build your business. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. We're really working through this with her. If you're trying to build your business and, you know, you, you have this belief that says, you know, people with money are evil. Well, guess what? You'll never make money because why would you do something that makes yourself evil? Does that make sense? Okay. Now in this particular example, the reason why they failed is because they never talked to the people that they were going to serve and ask them, what do you want? What's going to be helpful? How is this going to, to, you know, really make your life better? They came up with what they thought was a great plan, but they did not have their stakeholders on board. Okay. So therefore the, the stakeholders, their beliefs about what's happening, guess what? It really informs the work. Because if they're not on board, it doesn't matter how good your plan and your accountability is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give you a couple examples for, for me. Um, so one of them is money and work. 
okay? Uh, I used to really think that um, doing one and dones, so that's like doing one speaking engagement, speaking at one conference, doing one training, um, that, that that's what I was, right? I, I'm just a one and doneer. Uh, I'll just go, you know, based on word of mouth, so referrals, you know, go speak at a conference and you know, three or four people say, oh my goodness, could you come and do our staff development day? Absolutely. Right. And I'll be honest with you, that worked for a number of years. I mean, it really did. That's how come I, I got to the point where I was doing, um, 200 to 250 events a year. Okay. So that model does work. However, guess what? In that model, I have to be present at all of those things, which is okay. However, you know, what happens when you are not feeling well, or your kids aren't feeling well, or I don't know, you're stuck at home because of COVID, right? I had to have a, a belief change to change my behavior if I was going to grow my business. So I worked with a business coach to help me do the whole X, Y, and gap analysis. So what I realized is that I needed to start putting all of my trainings into a digital or virtual format. Okay. Now I started this process right before COVID happened. And then, you know, once we were staying at home, I'm like, heck yeah. Okay. Not only is it imperative, but it's the only way I'm going to make money. And FYI, people out there still need help, right? Now I'm, I'm pleased to say that in my business, I am serving so many people, uh, last, the last two weeks, I, I, for those of you who follow me know that I was unwell. I was going through an intense state of healing, uh, I, for two whole weeks, I was pretty much in bed the whole time and there wasn't anything that I could do about it. Uh, I had to go to the hospital a couple of times. It wasn't COVID, um, just really a nasty kind of stomach bug thing. Um, but long story short, when I was looking at my numbers, because every two weeks I do, I have a dashboard, I go through my numbers in my business and I track, you know, how many people am I serving? Uh, I was pleasantly surprised that two whole weeks here I am, um, not feeling well. And I served over 800 people in different classes, courses, challenges, um, and, and through the podcast. That's awesome. Okay. Um, and so for me, honestly, it's, it's some of the same topics, uh, some of the same classes, um, it's just a different format. But before I had that change in my belief, I thought I have to be present. Now I can help more people and I don't have to be physically present to do it. So I had a change in my belief, which caused a change in my career, which allowed me to help more people. Okay. Another example is my health. Okay. So I have done the Weight Watcher thing. Um, I have done the, the fad diets. Um, more recently though, I've really been focused on understanding the beliefs that are driving my food behaviors. Um, and why do I have this extra weight? So, uh, honestly, I, I have some book mentors and I have a coach that I'm working with and the, the sole purpose is to really go through and think about where did this belief come from? What is driving it? And what feelings do I have? So we know based on research around weight that there are things like, uh, I'll use the example of shame. Um, if you have shame 
and you don't process it well, so you ignore it or you have no place to release it, uh, typically what you do is you hold that in your body and for, for most people, it turns into weight, um, which can also turn into disease. Okay. So it's not necessarily that you felt the shame. It's that it wasn't processed out. So for those people who've had, um, early childhood abuse or trauma, um, that there you go, there's your cycle. Right. Um, and so it, the problem is not your, your, eating. The problem is not what you're drinking. The problem is that you have stress because you have unprocessed emotions that need to be let go. Okay. Now, obviously you still need to eat good food. You still need to get rest, that kind of thing. Um, however, just looking at it that way, that's not good enough because you still have all of this other stuff over here that needs to be let go. So I have been in that process. So, you know, understanding myself, understanding my feelings, um, and really processing that out. And the result is that I've lost 50 pounds since I started doing that. And I have changed nothing else. I've kept the same nutrition. I've kept the same sleeping routines, everything. Okay. So I changed my belief, right? So understanding where all these feelings are coming from and processing them. And I changed my health. All right. So last example, uh, let's talk about relationships. Okay. So I have noticed over time that my relationship with my husband, with my kids, with other people has dramatically changed. Uh, last year I really started to focus on trying to understand me and not them. <laughs> so up until then it was okay. Uh, let me understand your personality, your communication style, your love language, your, your this, your that, the other. Absolutely. All of those things are important. And if you don't work on trying to understand yourself during that process, it's the equivalent of creating a plan and accountability system and not changing the behavior or excuse me, the belief. So for me, as I've gone through, um, you know, I've asked myself not only, you know, okay, let's say we have this wonky interaction, you know, maybe with one of the kids, um, instead of saying, you know, what's up with them? Why are they being a jerk? I asked, why am I bothered by this? Why does this particular thing bother me? And I really try to get to the bottom of understanding that. Okay. Um, I, I'm changing my perception of them by working on me. And the result of that is that we're having a much better relationship. And guess what? I have more joy and peace and I can tell that they do too. Okay. So by changing my beliefs, I can change my relationships. Okay. So do you see how that belief drives behavior? Okay. So a couple of questions as we're wrapping this up, what beliefs are driving your behavior? Have you thought about that? What beliefs are driving your behavior? Pick any behavior that you, you think that you either want to stop or change or something you want to try. What beliefs are, are uh, influencing your behaviors? What changes do you need to make? And you know, let me just leave you with this one thought, especially if you've been trying to make a change in some area of your life and, and you just find yourself trying to do it over and over and over again. Maybe it's not about your plan. 
or your accountability or lack of accountability or your commitment to the whole thing. Maybe it's because you have different beliefs that you need to check and, and change. Okay. So if that's something that you're interested in and, and you want to talk to me more about, for sure, reach out. Um, there are things that we can do for you that can really help you understand yourself a little bit more. Uh, and we can always do a psych case session if needed to um, test to see what beliefs you need and then to transform those so you know, oh, all right, I can move forward because I know that I know that I know that I have this belief inside me. Okay. All right. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate that you joined and that you listened. I hope this has been valuable to you today and really got you thinking about what you're thinking about. Okay. So with that, I release you into the wild, go forth and prosper, have an amazing day, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.